Father, we pray that you would open our spiritual eyes this morning to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice. Father, most importantly, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And so we pray all these things with expectation, knowing that you are more than able to meet every need because nothing is impossible with you. And your word says that it's impossible to please you without faith. So, Father, I pray that you would help us in our unbelief and that you would help us in our faith, strengthen our faith, Lord God, to believe your word and to believe what your word says about us and who we are in you and who you are, God. So we pray with expectation and we pray knowing that we will walk out of this building changed because we've encountered you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for entering into worship today, and I'm really excited about this message this morning. I'm usually excited about every message on Sunday morning. I, I come in here during the week, and I start preaching to myself, and I get all fired up. I almost give myself an offering, you know. I mean, it's, it's good stuff. But at this time, I'd like to release the warrior youth. You guys are released to go. I think sometimes when I'm here during the week preparing, I think the angels are looking down and looking at him saying, man, that boy can preach. I preach better during the week sometimes than I do on Sunday mornings. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us today. We're continuing in the series, All the Nations. And this morning, I'm going to talk about something that I don't talk a lot about, but it's about tithing. But before I get into that, this series is, is all about being, becoming committed followers of Christ being equipped and released to go make more disciples. That's really what this whole series is about. So let's go to our core scripture for this series. It's found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You guys should be getting this memorized by now. But Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. You, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, why don't we pray in Jesus' name? Because he has all authority. I mean, if you pray in your own name or you pray in my name, that, that really, I mean, you have some authority, but... Jesus has all authority, not only in heaven, but on earth as well. And so I think when we, when we really get that and continue to receive that, it helps us understand the, the power behind our prayers and uh, the power behind Jesus working in our lives because he's been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Verse 19 goes on to say, Therefore, knowing that he has all authority in heaven and on earth, what does he say? Therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always till the end of the age. And so as we're teaching you the Word of God, it's not only so that we get the principles of God in us, but so we can go and share those principles with others. In my workplace, I've had people come up, and people that I, I mean, people knew, <clears throat> excuse me, People knew that I was a Christian, but sometimes I'd be having a conversation and there would be somebody else nearby, and I didn't know that they were really listening. And, and maybe at a later time, they'd come into my trailer at work and they'd say, hey, I have a question for you. What, what about marriage in heaven? Is, is there marriage in heaven? And so I would tell them what the scripture says or whatever that may be. And so we have a great opportunity to share the truth of God with people all around us, but it helps if we know the truth, Right. So when, when some, the Bible says that we need to be prepared, be ready in season and out of season. Be ready to share the hope of Christ within us. 
and be able to, to minister to people. Now, we may not have all the answers, but at least we can tell them what we do know. We can share with them from our own experiences, or we can tell them, well, I'm not sure about that, but give me some time and let me research that. Let me go talk to my pastor. Let me go to talk to somebody at church and, uh, and see, see what the answer to that is. And it's amazing how a lot of times when you're reading, reading the Bible on a regular basis, you'll come across something that will answer the questions that you may have or someone else may be having. Or maybe when you come on, Bible, come on Wednesday night to Bible study, you'll get something. And then you go to work the next day and boom, there's, there's the answer right there to the question that's presented. So when we're teaching you the Word of God, it's not only so that we get it, but so that we can share that effectively with others. This morning, we're going to be going to Malachi and uh, the book of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament, and we're going to stay real close to that. We're going to go to Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament. So we're staying right there in the same area. My first point this morning is giving reflects God's heart. I teach on tithing about twice a year. So if you're, if you're here today and you say every time I go to church, they're talking about money, well, maybe God's trying to get your attention because we don't talk a lot about money and tithing. But I teach on it a couple of times a year because I want you to understand the principles of God and also to reinforce. And when somebody comes up to you at work and says, well, you know, what about this whole tithing and giving money to the church? Well, let me tell you what the Word of God says. I just learned about it this past week. But this is one of the most important biblical principles that we can learn because it impacts every aspect of our life. Do you know of people that have gotten divorced because of financial problems? I mean, the, the financial pressure on people a lot of times is too much for a marriage to handle. But giving reflects the heart of God. And so when we talk about giving, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about giving of our time, our talents, and our treasure, tithing. Giving back to God is much more than money. Really, as a disciple of Christ, we should be giving it all, our entire life to Him. A lot of Christians will cherry-pick what they want to give to God. And God is not looking for fans. He's looking for committed followers of Christ. So that's, that's our hope. That's our goal. I was thinking about this as a parent. Think about the joy that you have to give abundantly to your children. Does that make you feel good or, or to someone else? Whenever you give, it makes you feel good inside. And so one description of God is Abba, Father. And that's in a, a personal, affectionate term. It means daddy. It means daddy. And our daddy loves to give to us abundantly. You know, John 10, 10, we've talked a lot about it. Jesus said, I've come that you may have abundant life. Not marginal life, but abundant life. And so our heavenly father is Abba, Father, Daddy. Now, maybe you can't relate to that because maybe you didn't have a good father growing up, a good earthly father. But if, if you were to look at a good example, the best example is our Heavenly Father. He wants to bless us. He wants to give to us. And he started by giving us life. I think everybody's alive today. Are you alive? <laughs> God has given us life. He's given us everything that we need. And I would say the Lord is providing for us. I, I don't know anybody personally, that, that's in great lack. I mean, even the poorest person in America is rich by some standards in the world. And God has blessed us to live in a nation of abundance. But the Lord has, has probably saved some of us, some of us uh, literally from physical death. I know that uh, back in the day when I used to drink and stuff, there were times where I'm sure the Lord watched over me getting home because I don't remember getting there. 
So God may have been looking over us and watching over us more than we ever realize. And as we read and study the Bible, we see how gracious and kind and loving God is toward us. So my first point this morning, giving reflects God's heart. That's why we give, to reflect the heart of God. And because we're blessed, we're blessed to be a blessing. My second point this morning is giving is biblical. And let's go ahead and turn to Malachi 3, verses 6 through 12. Again, it's the last book in the Old Testament. So if you have your old-fashioned Bible with you, it's about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. And I'm glad that the Lord doesn't change because we change sometimes. You know, you hear about situational ethics. Well, it's okay to lie in this situation. Well, no, it's not. And God is a standard. He's a constant. You know, the thing about God is his grace is abundant toward us. And his love for us is not conditional upon our performance. And you can't say that about a lot of other things. I mean, you think about your job, your whole uh, salary and, and bonus and, and raise and all that's based on your performance. You know, we even do that with some of our relationships. Oh, well, as long as they're doing something that benefits me, I'll be their friend. But when they stop performing, then I don't want to have anything to do with them. Or maybe you've experienced that where you, you really had a friendship, but then you realize it was very one-sided. Whenever you couldn't give something, then you were no longer their friend. But see, God is a constant. He doesn't change, and I'm so thankful that he doesn't change. And when you look back, he, he says, that is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. The nation of Israel continually turned their back on God time after time after time. And they would be led into captivity when they would turn away from God. And they would begin to cry out to God. And God would release them from the bondage and save them. And then over and over and over again, we see this cycle happening. Do we ever see that happening in our lives when we turn away from God? And so that's why we talk about in our mission statement to develop, maintain, and model that connection with God. Maintaining that connection to Him. Malachi 3.7, ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. And so there were numerous times where they would turn and walk away from the things of God. And there are consequences for doing that. The boundaries that God sets are for our benefit. They're to benefit us. He goes on to say in verse 7, now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? They were playing games with God. Imagine that you tell your child, listen, you may not have any cookies before dinner. And you walk out of the room, and you come back a little later, and they're on the counter. The lid is off the cookie jar, and they have their hand in the cookie jar. What are you doing? Uh, uh, well, the lid was off the cookie jar, and I just wanted to see if my hand would fit in there. I mean, you'd, you'd be going, hey, what are you doing? You know what they're doing. They're getting in there to get a cookie, right? And so the nation of Israel, they were playing games with God. They were like, what? what? When have we ever turned away from you? Well, do, do I need to explain it to you? Let's go back and look at your history. He goes on to say, Malachi, God speaking through Malachi says in verse 8, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. See, there was a standard of excellence that God had. 
and, and you can go back and read about it in, in the Old Testament. He said, when you bring uh, an animal to be sacrificed on the altar to be given to me, there is a standard there. And they were supposed to bring unblemished animals. And I'm not going to go there, but you can go back and read in Malachi chapter 1. Uh, he's already told them that their uh, sacrifices were unacceptable. They were bringing crippled, blind, sick, even stolen animals to be sacrificed. I mean, it's like, okay, oh, man, I need to go take a sacrifice to the Lord. I don't have anything. I'm going to go steal my neighbor's sheep and take it over there. I mean, they were missing the whole point of it. They knew the standard that God had set, and they were just bringing any old thing to the Lord and saying, oh, well, this will do. God is speaking through Malachi, and he's saying that's not acceptable. You know what the standard is. It's not just bring your leftovers or bring any old thing to, to God, but bring the standard of excellence that he requires. I'm so glad that God doesn't give us the minimum. Jesus didn't die on the cross and say, well, I, I, you know, I'm just going to die for some of their sins. I mean, he was all in. And so we need to honor that and realize that God is a gracious, giving God. What is our heart? It's really a matter of our heart. In addition to this, it would appear that they've stopped bringing their tithes and offerings at all. Let's read verse 8 again. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When have we ever cheated you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Let me define a couple of things here. Most of you know this, but tithe, is, is, it means a tenth or a, a tenth part. An offering is a contribution, an allotment, an offering. And I think most of us, a lot of you, tithe. And so that's giving a tenth of your income, a tenth of your increase. And anything above and beyond that would be an offering. Now, I'm sorry. I, I think I'm supposed to take somebody to dinner. I don't have my wallet. Does anybody have a 50 Oh, Cliff. Ah, Cliff. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anybody else need some money? Cliff apparently has some money here. Uh, how hard do you think it was for Cliff to give me this $50 bill? It, it, it wasn't very hard for him. You know why? Because I gave it to him before the service, and I said, I'm going to ask for it in a little while. So thanks, Cliff. But here's my point that I, I want to make this morning is that God gives us everything that we have. He gives us all that we have. And so he says, listen, I want a tithe back. If I were to, to come up to you and say, listen, I want to give you $100,000, but there's one request that I have. I want you to give a tenth of it back to me. Would you do that? Done. Done. All right. <laughs> Dave didn't have to think about it one second. What if I said, okay, I'm going to give you $100,000, but I want 90000 of it back. Would you do that? God is saying, I'm giving everything to you, and I'm asking you to bring 10% back. Let's read on. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Verse 9, you are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Wow, these are strong words. And when I think about this term curse, I think of a curse as being the opposite of a blessing. God wants to bless us. And when you look at the church today, there are a lot of people that are taught to tithe, but reality is that the church worldwide gives about 2%. They're not tithing. They're not giving 10%. 
And Barna Group did a study, and they said, well, surely it's higher in America because, you know, that 2% takes all the poor countries into account and all that. But in America, we're abundantly blessed. And, and the tithing from Christians was actually less, like 2.1%. So people either are not being taught the Word of God, the truth of God, or they're just simply not obeying. And whatever it is, he's saying here that it, there's a, there are serious consequences for the nation. Let's read verse 10. Bring some of the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough. No. He says, bring all the tithe. Okay, what is a tithe? It's a tenth. It's a tenth of our increase. And I've heard people teach, well, you know, you're not tithing. Just begin to tithe something, just 1% or 2%. But you know what? I don't teach that. Because that's not what the Word says. The Word says bring all the tithe. And so if we teach something incorrectly, we're not helping people to follow the principles of God. God says bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He doesn't say bring whatever you want. He says to bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And so that's why we teach on it. I teach on it a couple of times a year. If you don't know the truth, if you don't know this principle, I want you to know it. And then secondly, I want you to implement it. And you may say, oh, well, there's just another pastor trying to extract money from people. No, not at all. What I want you to get is the principle so that you will be blessed. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Okay, let me say this. If Life Fellowship is your home, your spiritual storehouse, this is where your tithe belongs. It belongs here. Christine and I are available 24-7. You may not have our cell number, but you have a team leader's number. You can get a hold of us, and we are available 24-7. If you're sending your money to a TV evangelist or pastor, I can almost guarantee if you run into a jam, you're not going to be able to get in contact with that person or probably not even anybody on their staff. You may find a prayer volunteer to pray with you, but that's not somebody that has a relationship with you. That's not somebody that loves you and looks out for you and cares for you, that will go to the hospital and see you or whatever it may be. The word says bring all the tithes into your spiritual storehouse. And if Life Fellowship is your home, then this is where it goes. And it says to bring it all here. Bring all your tithe. Because we talk about relationships. Relationships are important not only with the Lord but one another. And so we're all about relationships here. And if you're sending your money somewhere else, and, and there's some good pastors on TV. And I like what uh, I've heard Joseph Prince say this. I like him. I like listening to him. He says, listen, your tithe belongs to the local church. And if you want to send us an offering, do that. But I appreciate that because the local church is really, really important. That's where lives are impacted. I'm not saying you can't be impacted by TV ministry. I mean, getting the word of God is always good, but you need to be plugged into a local church. So what is the tithe based on? It's based on your increase. If you receive $1,000, how much belongs to the Lord? A hundred. Okay. Let me give you another demonstration here some more money. And I have 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I have 10 $1 bills here. Okay, so let's pretend that this represents your increase, your paycheck, or whatever that would be. Which part of this, which one of these goes to the Lord? If one-tenth of this goes, well, oh, let's see here. Do we find the lowest serial number? Or the highest cereal? Do we find the one that's in best condition? Which one do we give? The first one. The first one we spend goes to the Lord. Okay. It doesn't take any faith to give the leftovers. We have some business owners here, and they've, they've asked me, well, do I tithe on the gross or on the net? And I know some of the business owners that we have tithe on the gross. 
say, for instance, they get $10,000 worth of receipts in for that month. They'll tie the $1,000 before they pay their overhead expenses and workers. And I think that's amazing. And I know that they do that because God is blessing them. Whatever your situation is, you should give back the 10% to the Lord of your increase. Now, if you want to tithe on the net, you know, I, I think that's fine too. But I've heard, I heard it said, what do you want to be blessed on, the gross or the net? But I can tell you this, that you cannot outgive the Lord. Amen. And I, a few months ago, Dave and Bobby Joe came up and shared about their experiences of tithing. And I've shared numerous experiences with you guys about how God is, will meet our needs. And so anytime we honor him, he blesses us and he honors us. So, well, what about if I get a royalty check from an oil company or something? Is that an increase? So any increase that we get, a tithe belongs to the Lord. A tithe is the first 10% of our increase. An offering is anything above and beyond the tithe. Or some people just give offerings. They're really not tithing. Before I learned about tithing, I went to church one day, and I put a $100 bill in the, in the basket, and you know, I felt good about myself. Well, I was good. I was giving something, but I wasn't tithing. I was giving an offering. So I don't want to get all hung up in semantics here, but, but just be clear that a tithe is the first 10% of our increase, and an offering is anything above that or beyond that. I want to give another example here. It requires us to trust God to give the first 10%. But once you begin to do that, you will see how God blesses you. Uh, and this is what a lot of people do. They're, they're like, okay, here's, here's my increase that I got this month. Okay, one, two, three, four. Okay, that's going to go for my, my rent and more, my mortgage. Uh, so I've got some more left over here. Let's, uh, uh, one for utilities. And a couple for my car payment. Um, well, you know, we have to have cable and a phone. I mean, we've got to have a, a, the latest and greatest cell phone. So there's, there's another dollar there. Um, food, we, we need to buy food, right? Oh, wow. Well, I need some money for me. Um, oh, yeah, we've got that bill that we've got to pay. Oh, yeah, there's a little more for that. Oh, and Susie's going to cheerleader camp. We've got to pay for that. And Oh, yeah. Honey, you, you had to pay off another little bill, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, God. What, what faith does it take to do that, to give God the leftovers? When we give God his portion first, he blesses the remaining. Amen. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. It goes on to say in verse 10, these are the results of obedience in this area. If you do, if you do what? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. If you bring all the tithes into the storehouse, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only place that I know of in the Bible where God says, test me. And he wants us to get this principle that he's like, come on, just try it. I want to bless you. I want to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much that you can't contain it all. But I want you to step out in faith. 
Will you try that? And I was talking with Christine and my mom the other day, uh, and we have so much stuff. Many of you know that we're, getting re- we're building a, a new home for all three of us, and we have two uh, storage units that are full of stuff. We have a garage that is full of stuff. We have a house that is full of stuff. And I was thinking how blessed we are. We have so much stuff that we don't even know what to do with it all. And I know a lot of us are like that. God's heart is to bless you and to bless us, not so we can just hoard it, but so that we can be a blessing to others. But it's Abba Father's good pleasure to bless you and give to you abundantly. He goes on to say that uh, he will bless us supernaturally. Let's look at Malachi 3.11. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I know a farmer. I know people that farm. And listen, if you get rain at the wrong time, it can ruin your entire crop. Who has control over that? If it doesn't rain, it can have a huge impact on your crop. And so who has control over those things? God does. And he says, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and diseases. This was 2,500 years ago. They didn't have insecticides and pesticides and all those kinds of things. But God is saying, I'm going to provide a supernatural protection and blessing for you, something that we can't do. Still today, 2,500 years later, with all the technology that we have, we can't make it rain when it needs to or not rain when it, when it would cause problems. And so he promises to bless us. Okay, so we, most of us aren't farmers. We don't grow crops. But what are the things that God does bless? He blesses our homes, vehicles, our health, our marriages, our children, appliances, <laughs> everything. He protects and watches over us. And so we give a portion to him because, again, it reflects his heart, but also he promises to provide for us. Let's look at verse 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. When we give God his portion, he promises to bless us. A blessed 90% will go a lot further than a cursed 100%. And I don't know how it works, because it doesn't seem to make sense, but it works. God's scale of economy works, I promise you. And you've heard story after story from me and others about that. I'm teaching you this lesson today because if you're not tithing, I want you to try it. Because, and I've shared this with you before too, that every person that I've talked to that has chronic financial problems, I mean, you know, every month I can't meet my rent, I can't pay my bills, I can't, they're non-tithers. Every person that I've talked to that has chronic financial problems is not a tither. On the other hand, I have never talked to someone that consistently tithes that has chronic financial problems. Never. Not one. And I've told you, if you're tithing and God is not meeting your needs, come and talk to me because I want to know about it. You will be the first person ever that I know about, where it's God is not meeting your needs. Now, I'm not saying you don't have tight spots. Sometimes things are tight for a month. But I'm talking about really meeting our needs. Sometimes we just overspend. (laughs) Anybody ever overspend? But God is saying, listen, I will meet your needs because that's my heart, to pour out my blessings upon you. 
you're listening online and you say, well, that's Old Testament, please don't send me, you know, 50 pages of stuff you got off the internet. I've read all that stuff. Listen, if you don't want to tithe, if you don't want to obey, then just don't. But don't be looking for loopholes. And I've talked to people who say, well, you know, they just don't want to tithe. I'm like, well, just don't tithe. You know, you don't have to explain it to me. But God's word is clear. Let's look at, now that was Old Testament, and some people will say, well, that's Old Testament, so that didn't apply today. Well, let's go to Matthew 23. 23, and this is Jesus, and he's talking to the religious leaders, and he says in verse 23, what sorrow awaits you leaders of religious law and Pharisees? You're hypocrites. Remember, the religious leaders Jesus was always talking to him and talking to him straight. He said, you're hypocrites. What sorrow awaits you? You guys are supposed to know the word of God. You're supposed to have the heart of God, and you're hypocrites. And that word hypocrite means an actor, a pretender, someone that is two-faced. So he goes on to say in verse 23, For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. I can envision that they're, they have their herbs, and they're saying, okay, I'm going to tithe on this, and they're real careful to, to just give the right amount. Oh, we don't want to give God too much tithe here. But he's saying that there are things that are more important than that. He goes on to say in verse 23, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Listen, tithing is a basic principle that we should have and understand. And we should be moving on to things like justice and mercy and faith. And Jesus is saying, if you don't get this, you're, you're not getting the, the more important things. Tithing is a basic principle we should already have. If we say we're a Christian or a follower of Christ, if we haven't been taught about tithing, well, shame on those pastors that were leading you. You need to know about it. Because God wants to bless us, and it's conditional his, his provisions are conditional upon obedience. When we obey the Lord, and I'm not just talking about tithing. I'm just talking about all of his commands. Because God's word is a standard to protect us. It's a boundaries to protect us. It's for our good. And so we need to understand these principles. God wants you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. We don't pass a plate here. Because, why? Because I would rather you understand the principle and choose to obey than be manipulated or coerced into giving. We were at a church a number of years back, and the church was kind of having some financial problems, and they didn't pass a plate. And the pastor talked to some other pastors, and said, oh, yeah, you need to pass the plate. Your, your giving will go up substantially. And you know what? I started passing the plate, and the giving went up. How many times have you been in a church service and they pass the plate and you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to give anything. And then, the, you know, you see it coming, right? You see it coming down the line and everybody's pulling out their wallet and the person next to you pulls out their wallet. And so you're thinking, oh, I've got to give something too. I'll look like a heel if I don't. Maybe you pull out a couple of ones and fold them over so nobody can tell what denomination they are and you stick it in the plate, right? But so there is an element of manipulation that can happen. And, and I know most churches pass the plate, and I'm not saying that if you pass the plate in your church that you're manipulating people to give. But I don't want to do that. I want you to know the truth of God, and then I want you to obey. That's really my heart, and I think that's the heart of God. I never want to manipulate people, and I don't want you to manipulate anyone. But the, the, the fact of the matter is it, it does take money to pay the light bill and things like that. But God is blessing us. God has blessed us. God is blessing you. 
And most of you are probably tithing. I want to teach you the truth of God. That's why we have Bible study. That's why we encourage you to come. That's why we're pouring into your children back here, teaching them the word of God so that they know the truth. And I want you to understand this principle because I want you to be blessed. True, mature disciples and followers of Christ will demonstrate their commitment of faith by giving of their time, by giving of their talents, by tithing, giving of their treasure. Remember our mission statement? Let's recite our mission statement. To develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And when we connect with him on that level, when, as we grow in our relationship with him, we want to give. Because as we grow in our, our relationship with the Lord, we have a greater understanding of his graciousness and his heart to give. And so it changes our heart, and we want to give. We want to give back to the Lord. Listen, I, I'm not here to try to extract money from you today. What I want you to get is the principle. Because it's God's heart to bless you. And I want to see you blessed. God has great things in store for each and every one of us. God has a great plan for this church, and it's going to take a lot of money. And, you know, you have the hope of Christ in you that the world is looking for. And think about all the people that you know that are financially strapped, that are always struggling. Are they tithing? I would, from my experience, I would say probably not. What if, what if you could help your neighbor or your coworker? so that they could get out of that financial bondage that they're in, that they stay in? What if, what if you could help your neighbor by sharing the love of Christ with them? What if we would obey? What does it say in Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20? It says, choose life, choose blessings. The key to your life is to love God, obey God, and commit firmly to him. Are you doing that in your life? Are you living it? Are you demonstrating the love of Christ? I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and God is tugging on your heart. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him or you had one at one point in time and you've walked away. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I just want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? There's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive all that God has for you. God loves you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you that obedience to your word leads to abundant blessings. And Father, I pray that we would be open to receive everything that you have for us, Lord God. I pray that we would choose to obey, that we would get past our inhibitions or insecurities or whatever those things may be, our self. Help us to get over ourself, God. And just yield our life to you. And I thank you that you are doing amazing things in the lives of the people at Life Fellowship. That you are doing amazing things through this church. And there are greater things. Nothing is impossible with you. And you've called us to impact the world around us. So, Father, we pray today that you would continue to download into us and help us as we grow in our understanding of your word as we implement your truths and principles, and as we just yield every area of our life to you, God, and you use us to impact the lost and dying world. 
Father, we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name. The prayer team will be up here if you'd like prayer. I just want to challenge you. If you're not tithing, would you just try it? Just give God a shot. Try it for two months and see what happens. Just give him a chance. He says, test me. And I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great you won't be able to contain it all. Give it a shot. I promise you. I don't understand, but I promise you it works. And let me say this too. We don't give to get. I've seen people on TV, we'll give $77. And, you know, that's the wrong heart, guys. We give because he first gave to us. And his word says to give. Give back to him. And it's a blessing. My wife and I write out checks for my mom. And she said, no, don't write my, t- my tithe check. I want to write that one out. It blesses me to write out our tithe check and say, God, we're so blessed and we're giving this back to you. It's a joy. So as you go from this place this morning, be filled with joy. Know that God loves you. God wants to bless you abundantly. And God is using you to impact the people around you. Will you go out and live it today? All right, you're dismissed. Prayer team is up here. Thank you so much for joining us this morning.